Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. We, the people, cannot turn back. Yeah, welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative. He, as always, is Corey Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin. And Yeah, that, that's exactly what I am. And I'm, I, I was having... All day, thoughts. every day. I was having second thoughts about that for for much of the day for for various reasons which we'll get into tonight. What are we covering, Corey? We are gonna we're gonna talk about the uh, the Jordan Neely situation, uh, the uh, the young man who was killed on the uh, New York subway. Uh, really, honestly, the, like the same day we did our last broadcast, so we didn't really have a whole lot of time to to dive into it and see what the what the situations are. I've got my opinions. I'm sure you've got some of your own. Uh, we're going to talk about the last two presidents, including the current one, so 45 and 46, both in some hot water, and about how uh, collectively uh, the American public doesn't actually care because one of those guys is going to be our next president come 2024. So that's going to be fun as fuck. Uh, Diane Feinstein's return. We have the uh, the lack of debates that uh, I believe, Corey, you told me that 78% of Americans actually want. Um, <clears throat> 79. 70, oh, has it gone up to 79 since yesterday? Okay, that's fantastic. It's uh, been 79. <laughs> we also have a, is it a uh, a black socialist movement that is uh, on the FBI's radar? Did I get that right? Or black leftist movement that's on the FBI's yeah, radar? A black leftist movement that all of the establishment liberals are just kind of ignoring. Ah, yes, because the FBI only goes after white supremacists. <laughs> they criticize their party. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Tucker Carlson uh, is soon going to make his return. Uh, we'll see how the fuck that goes. But first, before we get into any of that, Corey, tell the people where they can find us. Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com, and we can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at libservativepod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcasts, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. And again, real quick, before we get into what we're consuming and the things that we're into and what we're drinking and stuff like that. But Flint still doesn't have water? Flint still doesn't have water. And East Palestine is still fucked. There's just cats dying randomly. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up again libservativepod at gmail.com because of the fact that we're we're blowing up, Dan. Uh, we're blowing up in Colbert, Oklahoma. I was gonna say you about 20... to give you you're about to give kudos to a small town in uh, South Central Oklahoma. Yes, because based on the city's population and how many listens we've had from that said city, roughly twenty percent, Dan, of that entire city has listened to our our podcast. That's we've right, two hundred downloads. Of a population in a city of a thousand people. So a so, shout out to Colbert, Oklahoma. All twenty percent of them. 
Now, I mean, we'll give. No, obviously, it seems like it's spreading like wildfire there. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a psyop or if these are actual listeners. And kudos to them for telling a friend, apparently, because it's so it's doing really good job there. So what I want to say, we'll give credit to Mayor James Coble (laughs) of Colbert, Oklahoma, uh, for for all of it. I I mean, I at least I hope you guys like your mayor. I don't I don't know in the city that if you don't, (laughs) then we take that back. (laughs) No, it's 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 appreciated. It's cool to see something like that. You know, uh, it's uh, it was just it was a weird spike I saw in our analytics, and I was like, wow, this is interesting. And I think the point where. Yeah, I was going to say to the point where if this is real, we're actually getting all these downloads in this small town in South Central Oklahoma, Colbert. I we are going to make a promise now that when we're able to actually uh, make make some money off of this show, and we decide to take this show on the road, our first show will be in Colbert, Oklahoma. I don't care if the biggest you. building is the is the VFW, just because uh, you were the first initial uh, real congregation of yeah people. if these numbers say solid and then also i want to say uh if you're from colbert hit us up tell us about yourself um and then dan had that question are you a texan fan or a sooner fan right because you're so close to the border oh longhorns are longhorns are sooners i'm gonna assume i'm gonna assume since they're since they're on the north side of the river that they're sooners fans but you never know we'll see we'll see where that right. we'll see where that ends up but at the same time that it could be something like uh people in toledo voting uh rooting for michigan over ohio the ohio state but yeah, no, I just I just found it really interesting. Um, I would I think I would be cool. I think it would be cool if it continued. And then we got to a point where we were big enough and we launched our tour in Colbert, Oklahoma. <laughs> I want to spend a whole week there. I want to meet these people. <laughs> Who are these degenerates that <laughs> listen to this show? Bunch of bunch of good old folks. Well, not even well, maybe, but I was I thought you were gonna say good old boys. I was say no, it's actually a, a large uh, I was gonna say good old Ameri- boys. I was gonna say good old boys, but I was like, you. it's uh, that's not like, right. <laughs> a lot of uh what was it, Choctaw? Chickasaw. Uh, Chickasaw, yeah. A lot of Chickasaw Indian uh Native Americans there. And uh yeah, it's just really interesting. We did our uh we did our Wikipedia research. Yeah, I I Googled it on Wik I read the Wikipedia about me page. Yeah, that's 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 the uh that's the Midwesterner Midwesterner in you coming out there, Corey. We uh Wikipedia we the, doesn't lie, Dan. We did the Google machine. We did the Google. It was uh quite it was a good read. It was a very very good read. <laughs> it was a great read. I shared it with a couple friends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah no i just i thought that was uh interesting so shout out to colbert all of you uh, people out there listening to our podcast if the numbers continue it'd be great and they continue really... to tell a friend because it's uh, yeah that's you're the only ones that have been doing it so far i don't really have anything that uh i've been consuming other than um the i finished uh the first season of the diplomat on netflix Corey, and i have to tell you i'm pissed I'm absolutely pissed at the way the fucking season ended. I was enjoying this show all the way up until literally the last 30 seconds of the last episode. I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone if you haven't watched it. I'm going to give season two a second chance to maybe redeem itself, but you're going to agree with me if you watch this show, Corey. Do you still recommend it? I still recommend it, but I'm really mad about the way the first scene is the first season ended. It basically, I, I, I can't even, nope. I can't even get into I, it. I don't even want to get yeah. into it. It's on my list. It. I'm still uh, 
full throated into uh Marvelous Miss Maisel. Full I'm deep on season throated. three. Yeah. I'm in a season three. It's just a great show. Oh, okay. I was yeah. And I'm also I'm assuming you were gonna ask me what I was drinking. I'm drinking whistle pig smoke stock tonight. The uh nice. the Traeger. <clears throat> the Traeger so, special edition from last year. I am doing a on the air bottle opening. My brother just got back oh, from that's Ireland. Right. And uh, he got me a Jameson bottle. And for anyone who's watching, you can see I'm pulling off the uh, the safety travel foam to the unveiling. That's like of, the netting that they sell pomegranates in. Right. So Jameson single pot still. Shout out to Larry Walsh, my brother. It's a uh, Irish whiskey, a five oak cask release. And I am just now opening it. You can see me popping this seal. Oh my god, there's plastic. Now this is about to be a whole fucking thing. Huge. I should have I should have at least undid the plastic, but for the authenticity, Dan. You done fucked up. We need somebody from Colbert, Oklahoma up here to help you out opening that bottle. I think so. <laughs> what about you, Bell? Bring Bell in here. What's he drinking? What's he consuming? Yeah, you're, you're now, now you're just trying to Get away. <laughs> no, I'm trying to wow. save us from dead air. Bright nice in the house. Wow. What's up, Bright nice? I got me some. All right, Bell, enough. I have it open. Fine. Now, I wanted to be here for it. Tell me about I it. Want to know. What's new? What you drinking? What you consuming? I'm drinking on some Crown Royal mm. and some water. The best way to <laughs> enjoy some whiskey. With a hockey jersey over your, uh, I believe, I don't know if your camera's reversed, but it looks like your right shoulder. <laughs> oh. It's I the Nashville, it what's it. Nashville, Nashville Predators. So that is Nashville yeah, Sexual Predators. The Nashville <laughs> Biden. The Nashville oh, Bidens. So, I didn't say that. I didn't say <laughs> that. I don't mean that. I don't uh, mean that at all. That, that Nashville Predators jersey is from the first year that they were an expansion team in Nashville. My grandfather lived in Nashville. Went who to was one there? Of the games. Okay, a little hockey, little hockey trivia question for you here, Bell. Who was the Nashville Predators' first captain? I actually oh. don't even know if I'm correct, but I think I know who it was. <laughs> I don't even remember, but if you said his name, it's literally it's gonna. I believe it was Kelly Bookberger. Mm. <laughs> I you might be, be right. I could be wrong, but I th- I'm pretty sure that's who the Nashville Predators' first captain was. Nobody cares. Nobody well, except for people that live in Nashville care funny. about what we're talking about right now. I know the name to this. My, my, I know the answer. What is it? Was it? Shea Weber. No. That's oh, exactly. that's the first draft. No. Nope. Shea no, Weber was, was saying, traded from the, the first Montreal Canadiens. Or was, traded to, was traded to the Montreal Canadiens, I should say. The first drafted by the Predators, who eventually became their captain. Weber remains one of the most popular players in team history. I had to Google it, though, because I don't know anything about hockey. I think he's like actually right. I think it was Kelly Bookberger. Well, see, my, my grandpa was, uh, I think it was Shea Weber. But this jersey... My grandpa was a season ticket holder for the Red Wings for like 31 years or something like that. And I went down to Tennessee first year. They were an expansion team. He goes, you're going to need this and buys me a Nashville Jersey, a sweater. (laughs) Sorry. That's a hockey sweater. They're not hockey Mm -hmm. jerseys. You'll offend hockey people, but 
No, I'm a hockey yeah. person. That's the game I grew up on, and I don't have a problem with you calling it a jersey. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. Tom Some Fitterling. people do. I'll never get. It. I'll never get it. Anyway, shall we? Well, uh, Tom Fitzgerald. How, how's the whiskey? How's the whiskey? Oh, yeah. I got to know how the whiskey Tom, is. Did you, did it was you Tom Fitzgerald. Tom Fitzgerald oh, was their first captain. No, ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Shea became the captain in uh, two thousand ten. Oh, maybe you know Memphis what? I'm thinking, Gerald, the, I'm, I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the Keith I'm thinking Lutzen. of the Atlanta Thrashers. Kelly Bookberger was their first nope. uh was their first captain. It was Tom Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. For sure. See, yeah. I gotta mean no sports. Funny. I had the Googs, but that's the run. jersey yeah. I have on my wall right now. That exact jersey. This Irish whiskey pisses all over the Irish whiskey we get sent here that you see on St. Paddy's Day from Jameson. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm not a fan of Irish whiskey, but that Did Irish whiskey I had Did you take the time to try it without the rocks first? You didn't see me take a sip out of the bottle? He drank it right no, out of the bottle. I did not see that. I'm yeah. sorry. Open I open your eyes, Dan. That's what we tell our listeners to do. That's good. Uh, as you as you get drunk on that Irish whiskey, Corey, shall we? Shall we get into the uh, the Jordan Neely story from the New York subway? You've looked into this a little more since yesterday, I think. <clears throat> a little bit. <laughs> and I don't really know what to say about it. You know, like honestly, at the end of the day, like everyone's making it about race. Everyone's making it about injustice and stuff like that. What this is, what it really is, is the incompetence. Of a government who continually tries to portray itself as an as the nanny for everyone, failing at their job of helping people with mental health issues on both ends of the spectrum, whether it's a Marine who served and might be dealing with his own mental issues, and someone who clearly, based on a bunch of videos of this guy in the streets having outbursts and things like that, and 41 arrests. We have two people on both sides of this issue who obviously have fallen through the cracks in being offered the proper help that they need. And I would even say that they both might possibly be idiots. And you had two idiots bump heads inside of a small can about 50 feet below the surface of the earth. And one choked the other one out and he died. You know, it's it's not about race. It's not about any of that. It's two people who uh, were on some sort of tangent and... They got. They both uh, met an issue that's changed the course of their lives forever. Obviously, well, I mean, one course of life ended, but the other person's life is on a whole different trajectory than I'm sure he intended when he hopped on that subway. I will disagree with you, Corey. I think this is about race, and that's the fucking problem. Well, that's the narrative. The media narrative is making it about race, but I don't think it's about race. The incident. I don't itself, think correct. The incident the itself reason, was about the reason race, is, but it's the, being portrayed as a race issue. The reason it is an issue is because of race, because this was a white man who choked out a black man on a subway. That's that's the entire reason why anybody even cares yeah, about if this. it. Was, if it was a white man choking out a white man, or a black man choking out a black man, or an Asian choking out an Asian, or a Hispanic person choking out a Hispanic person. It wouldn't be in the news. You're absolutely right. And the interesting thing, and is, I think that's you know, if might you watch, be... if you watch, you know, the more the more left leaning media, the, 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 one of the things that they want to bring out is, 
you know, if this was a black man choking out a white person, they would have found a way to 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 hold that black man in prison. And I I actually completely disagree with that when you're talking about a city like New York or San Francisco or L.A. or Chicago. Yeah, we're not talking about like Romeo, Michigan or something like that. We're not we're not talking about where there's actual maybe actually a little bit of white supremacy or a little bit of racism. Yeah, the whole in, thumb of Michigan. In, yeah, in, in in real in real areas. So I, 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 I completely disagree with that narrative. But <clears throat> this is this is the latest iteration of activist journalism. Taking a narrative and absolutely run, running away with it. Uh, it's it's a it's the perfect opportunity for somebody to take to to take to Twitter and say that it's a horrible murder and that this marine deserves to be in prison and arrested because not not because necessarily not because they have any any clue what the fuck is actually going on but just because it's an opportunity to say look at me I'm on the right side of history. Look at yeah. me. Yeah. Look the, at me. The, the Race, keyboard racism warriors is rampant. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, the keyboard warriors are out in full force on this one. And I think that it's not, I don't like the guy could have been a stone cold racist, but regardless, it took two to tango. And what happened was this guy was on the train giving threats, saying things like, I'm not afraid to die. And we're in New York in a post 9-11 world where everyone really freaks out when someone says, I'm not afraid to die. And when you actually watch the video, there was actually, I think I believe there was black people helping the white guy subdue the black guy. And it's, it's, it ain't racism. I'm sick and tired of like, because we see real oppression of races and classes in our country day in and day out. To where when you just see an altercation of, you know what, I'm just going to say it, two idiots on a on a subway getting into an altercation, muddying this argument when there was clear mental health issues that are completely shrouding this whole issue, muddies the conversation about the real racism we see in our country, and it muddies the conversation about the real the real mental illness we see in our country. Yeah, it's, it's what we talk about and all the time, Corey. It's, it's, time it's, and time again. It's it's this idea that if if you try to make everything racist, if everything is immediately racist, the first thing that anybody that <clears throat> isn't a part of the activist class thinks when they see something like that is is they roll their eyes. Because if 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 everything is racist, what Corey? Nothing is racist. Yep. And and so the and and, and it's not just the keyboard warriors. Okay, it's not just it's not just like Twitter's a cesspool. Well, what's what's getting the keyboard warriors going? The activist class, the activist class of journalism, where before you even knew what the hell happened, you have people like the Young Turks and and who's who's the who's the chick who did the sixteen nineteen project? Her name slips my mind, so I apologize. Uh, Going out and, and immediately calling this murder, immediately. Before anybody knew what the fuck actually happened, we just know that it was a homicide. And that's a word that people get confused too, because homicide just means death at the hands of another human being. Not all homicides are murders. All murders are homicides, but not all homicides are murders. So you see that word come up and you go, oh shit, I guess, you know, I guess this guy, I guess this guy murdered this, this other guy. And it's like, 
you, 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 you can't even bring up the fact that the that Jordan Neely was mentally ill, that he had physically assaulted certain people. And I'm not even trying, and, and I feel like I should have said this maybe 10 minutes ago. So anybody who's still listening, I appreciate you still being here. Uh, it, it is a tragedy that this man died. He should not have died. It sucks. He should have gotten help a long time ago. And that's the problem. And I'll, I'll speak to the, to, to the, to the right wing version of the, of the reaction to journalist activism which is where they they just want to point out that the guy was a criminal, that he had assaulted an old lady. I, I think there was a story. I, I don't know if this has been corroborated, but I, I, I a story about him, you know, allegedly trying to kidnap a seven year old girl. I don't know how, how real that is, but there there were certain instances where in the past Jordan Neely had clearly shown his mental illness to be violent, and that's the point. That's the part that. The, the 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 reaction the right wing reaction to activist journalism goes to well he did, basically saying basically without saying it he deserves he de- it he deserved it and that's yeah. fucked up too that's just it's fucked, as fucked up. up you know it is because like i don't want to see anybody whether i agree with them ideologically you know like whether or socially if i'm like friends with them or if i Nicole hate Hannah person. Jones thank you thank you bell that that's the 1619 project lady. i don't want to see someone face an untimely demise over something that could have been prevented, especially in New York, because New York has that whole thing where right now they're just deciding to hospitalize anyone with mental health issues arbitrarily based on whether or not New York thinks you should be hospitalized. And obviously this guy even slipped through the cracks for that. And I guess I'm, I guess I'm treating this case because like, I'm so over like, the trivial like oh it's racist thing like we were just talking about because there's real racism everywhere it's not hard to find and we're not focusing on the real racism we take cases like this right it's where i personally think you see just an unfortunate situation with two people who didn't have their wits about them and you saw two people who didn't have their wits about them clash and one ended up dead and i'm treating it as such i'm treating it like fuck their the the race their creed their ideology their religion their orientation anything that has to do with anything about these people one life was taken by another life because the powers that be that have been actively legislating to avoid this didn't actually do their job well and that's why like he's one in one how many people live in new york it's was it like equivalent to uh la county and there's probably like no it's it's less than that but like new york city i think is eight million in that in that range i could be wrong about one in eight million people it's easy to slip through the cracks so it's like i can't hold big daddy government accountable at the end of the day well what if i told you that jordan neely was on the top 50 list of homeless people in like notably in new york that needed help because he was that's a government failure yeah, but that's the part you can't fucking say, and that and because if you say that, you're you're uh, you're pushing aside the, uh, the the race, the quote unquote racist element of this, and and that's that's what drives me nuts is you and I as as two white guys sitting here having this conversation about it. You know, there a ton of the Twitter sphere is going to look. We'll look at our video and just say, "Well, they're just they're just two white guys from the from the Midwest. What the fuck do they know?" But I look at that at, at the same time, and I look at somebody like Nicole Hannah Jones. Immediately, 
immediately come taking to Twitter and going, this was a murder. How many times do you think Nicole Hannah Jones takes a subway in New York? <laughs> yeah. How many times do you think any of the activist journalists that are going out there and saying that this was definitely unequivocally without question, a fucking murderer actually ride the subway in New York? How many? Yeah. Because I, I, my guess would be close to zero. And anybody that actually does knows that folks like, like Jordan Neely and they're, they're, they're not having their mental faculties and being homeless is a fucking problem. But if you say that, what are you? You're a bigot. Yeah. You're a racist. And that's why I'm so old. Like, that's why, like, when you guys even brought this one up in the pre-show, I was like, yeah, yeah. Because strip away race, it was just uh, one of hundreds, if not thousands, across the country of just two idiots having an encounter and somebody dying because of it. The reason I wanted to talk about this tonight, Corey, is because I, I think it's important to call out the discourse of of uh, activist media and also the reaction to activist media. You're so let right. me give you let me give you a shitty a shitty reaction to activist media. After we did our show just last week, occasionally I do like to throw on cable news to see what's to see to see what they're saying because how do you fight the enemy? If you don't know what they're actually saying, right? You have to watch them once in a while. I throw on Fox News and on, on the screen at the very end of Hannity comes Laura Ingram. And you know how I feel about Laura Ingram. I think she is possibly the biggest blowhard in cable news. In fact, she probably is for sure now that Don Lemon's gone. <laughs> so <laughs> we, have, we have that. And she comes on and she's given her like she does that whole it's the Ingram angle, right? Like that's the name of her show. And she gives her a little angle at the beginning. And the first thing she's talking about is the Jordan Neely situation. And she's talking about, you know, things like mental health and how the fact that, you know, uh, the city of New York failed uh, Jordan Neely and, and saying all the right things, actually. And, I, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I'm going, when is she going to say something stupid? When is she going to say something stupid? She's making sense. Laura Ingram's making sense. She's still making sense. We're five minutes in. She's still making sense. And then she says it. Why do we have to hold these criminals up at, as martyrs and brings up people like Eric Gardner and brings up people like George Floyd? See, now that's fucked so, up. Hold on, let me those finish. are people who let, shouldn't let, let, have died at the hand of the state. But I was going to say, let me finish, because the left is doing the same fucking thing. They're comparing it to George Floyd. And neither fucking side of this cultural debate or this... Uh, uh, neither side of this debate has the right to compare what happened to Jordan Neely to George Floyd. And so I, I wanted to throw my remote at the television screen when Laura Ingram said that because she was saying all the right things, but she had to do that sort of conservative, gross uh, criminals are bad. And, you know, if he wasn't a criminal, he wouldn't, this wouldn't have happened to him because he was a criminal. He basically deserved to die. And that's not true. He didn't fucking deserve to die. Right, and this Marine, this, country, this Marine doesn't deserve to be chastised necessarily because we still, a week and a half later, don't know exactly what happened. There's, def there's different testimonies. Some folks are saying that it was uh, overboard. Some folks are saying he held him for 15 minutes. Others are saying it was seven, three, whatever. 
We don't actually know, but everybody wants to pretend whether you're an activist journalist on the left or a counter activist journalist on the right, you want to pretend like you know absolutely everything that fucking happened after the, 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 the second it happens. It used to be, it used to be that news outlets wanted to be right. Okay. That was when news was good. Then it happened that uh, they wanted to be first, which was shitty enough. And now all news now all news outlets want to do is be first to set a narrative. And I am coining a phrase tonight, Corey Walsh, on this very show on May 10th of 2023. I'm calling it the Floyd Rittenhouse effect. I love it. Because that's what this is. What happened with George Floyd, it was all about being not only first, but the first to set the narrative. What happened with, with Kyle Rittenhouse in Wisconsin was about not only being first, but the first to set the narrative. And there are still people in this country that think Kyle Rittenhouse murdered three black men in cold blood. There are still people yeah. that think that. Yeah, no, and there are not, still people that think George Floyd was overly resisting and was nothing but a, a disgusting, dirty fentanyl addict and deserved to die that day. Yeah, and neither and not, of those things are fucking true. Go ahead. Now you're getting me a little fired up, a little pissed off because I get sick and tired of all these people saying this exact type of thing that that person, and it happens on both sides. You saw the way they attacked Rittenhouse. You saw the way they attacked Jordan Neely just recently as evidenced by what we're talking about. George Floyd, Eric Gardner. Rittenhouse actually survived, but all these fucking people died innocent because in the in America, in the United States of America, according to the Constitution, that all of these fuckers pretend that they fucking love and they hold dear and they pretend that, that that's that's what we're supposed that's the basis of where we are in a mor- in a, as a morality for our country that very document says you're innocent until proven guilty all of these people died innocent and i'm sick and tired of people calling people who die at the hands of the police or other people criminals when they have not been tried by a jury of their peers and can we also say that for the activist journalists who want to say that Daniel Penny, who is the Marine that uh, whose uh, whose hands uh, uh, unfortunately killed Jordan Neely on that uh, subway car, we've already decided that he's a murderer. Right. Even like it, right work, now it works both innocent. ways, bro. It works both ways. It pisses me off. He, he should should he should he go to trial? I would say sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like let's bring out be, the let's bring it let's bring it in. Go ahead. To be go ahead, fair. Go. They brought zero charges against uh, Penny. What's his first name? Daniel. Daniel. Dan- Daniel. Daniel Penny. They brought it zero charges Daniel. against him. They and they have zero intentions of bringing any charges against him. So going to court really is not a possibility, unless so far, the family sues. But you, at this point, you know if the family sues that it's not really because they cared about what happened because. You can look at this guy's track record and see that his family never really cared in the first place. So yeah. it's interesting. Why is he homeless? That. Why is he a drug addict? If if right. it, and look, no, hold on. That's actually not fair, right? Because I don't I don't want to say that. I, t- I take back what I just said because I, I I I've as you have too as well, Corey. You know we've experienced addictions in our families, and at some point there is a point in which you you just you have to cut ties. Like, like, there's nothing else you can do. It's only fucking up your own mental health by by having them around. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put the allegation on Jordan Neely's family that they didn't give a shit. True, um, that's fair. 
so that yeah okay so i'm glad we talked that through because that would have been an unfair thing to say and i know but 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 would it be fair to say that if they came in and tried to sue no i wouldn't even say that i don't know it's just a really weird thing that shouldn't have happened yeah it's fucked up it's fucked up that he died it's it's, it's like this idea that like because you're saying that you know the, the the lack of mental health care in new york city and all throughout the united states was was a big part of the problem that you somehow don't care about the fact that Jordan Neely died is bullshit. And that's why activist journalists piss me off so much because you're because as an activist journalist, you are the one with a one track mind that this has to be murder. Right. It has to be murder. Why would it be anything else except murder? Because you get to take to Twitter and say, wow. Look at what a good person I am for calling out this right. horrible former Marine racist. Fuck all of you. Right. And, you know, and it kind of like what, what uh, Bell just brought up about how New York, how there isn't any charges against Daniel, Daniel Neely yet. Daniel um, Penny. Daniel Penny. Sorry. Jordan Neely. Daniel Penny. Uh, it shows you how much. And I think, and it's funny that, because well, what I'm about to say kind of goes with what I like that shows the fact of how much I actually like am diving into this. If New York isn't even charging him, it's with all of the doc of all of the crimes and stuff they have on their docket. It looks like the AG and stuff in that area is also just going, ah, just two fucking idiots. Case closed. One died. Right. Strip away all of the race, strip away all of the narratives of the media and all of that stuff. The fact that New York a super fucking liberal city hasn't even charged this guy. Someone over there is looking at this like, what, this happens every day here. Yeah, and it's like, you you, you think that if, if there was any form of evidence that because because that was the narrative day one right that was the the, you know that uh uh daniel penny was a a white vigilante that was going out looking to try and take out black homeless guys i don't think the guy was donning a fucking batman hell if there was any evidence if there was any evidence of that it would have been out by now and, and 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 liberal new york city would have charged him by now don't you think yeah Absolutely. Like th- this, 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 you know, young Turks narrative. Because this of, would have know, been a was, very yeah, easy case to boost up the numbers of their uh, homicide. You know what I mean? Like this would have been a very easy case to boost up their numbers of the homicide completion rate. And they're looking at it and they go, well, I don't know. This one's going to tie us up in court because it's very uh, convoluted. Yeah, it's not. It's, oh, God. It's just, it's just not so, so cut and dry. The so, real Second Amendment, Kyle. What if that is actually Kyle Rittenhouse? Because his picture <laughs> is a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I hope it is. If it's uh, the there's real a, there's Kyle, a grand, there's a grand jury I'm coming. Show. I'd love to, I'd love to, love to have you on the show and pick your uh, brain. The real Second Amendment, Kyle. I, I, I haven't seen this. Um, I, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll take your word for it. But you know, even if there is a grand jury coming, um. Corey and I did an episode, uh, what, about four episodes back about how bullshit grand juries actually are <laughs> because it's really just a tool of the prosecution. So, and actually we were defending Donald Trump, which is something I don't do very often uh, in in that discussion. So maybe you go back and listen to that one because uh, grand, jury, grand juries are bullshit. 
but anyway, I, I mean, I, I guess we can move on. I, you know, I just get so sick of of the activist class, and and not only the activist class, but also the uh, the react the, the right wing reaction to the activist class. Like you're all fucking just you have no idea what nuance is. You have no idea. You, all you care about is your clout with your base. It's gross. And that's what that's one of the things that uh, on this show and I think a lot of new new media is trying to change. So uh, what do you want to move? What do you want to move on to next, Corey? Um, so now after just what again, what I see is just she has some good news. Chicane, chicane, wait, what's the good news? The good news. Oh, South Carolina's incarceration incantation. Incantation? Uh, yeah, so we talked that, a little bit. That one, too. <laughs> we talked about, uh, a little bit last week about the Workforce Opportunity Act in South Carolina, which is going to make it easier for, at least for government jobs, because that's all really the state government can control. Uh, it's going to make it easier for, for ex-cons to uh, get jobs within the South Carolina government. Um, and we talked a little bit last week about how the biggest issue with our prison system is the recidivation rate. Re- recidiv- is it rec- recidivism rate? I can't get that word right ever. Uh, and a lot of that is because cons get out of prison and can't find work because nobody wants to hire an ex-con. Uh, and so uh, this bill, the Workforce Opportunity Act in South Carolina, has officially passed the state house, is now moved on to the state senate. And then uh, if it passes in the state senate, it will officially make the governor's desk. And hopefully it passes um, because I, I don't I don't see any any way to stop recidivism than to actually give felons an opportunity to fucking contribute to society. It's a big one of the biggest issues we have in our prison system. So what do they do? They get out. They uh, they they just return to crime. So this is awesome news. I I am really surprised. As I said last week that it's South Carolina, <laughs> but right. I also didn't know that South Carolina ha- already had the lowest recidivism rate in the country. I wouldn't have guessed that was the case. So, uh, I mean, good for South Carolina. I hope this, I hope this goes through. We're rooting for the Senate and the, uh, and the governor's desk to, to go ahead and pass this and, uh, you know, give some folks a second chance. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like uh, that's the whole point of like the whole uh, justice system, right. With our prison system and stuff like that. If you do the time, and you uh if you do the time and you know and you actually face your prison sentence when you get out it's supposed to be like a fresh start it's supposed to be time to get things going and stuff like that you shouldn't have shackles that you already had while you were in prison while you're just trying to uh reintegrate and just move on and live your life if no one's hiring you Everyone's looking at you as a criminal. And then you're probably just going to fall. You know, you treat animals, you treat people as animals. They're going to act as such. Yeah. And, and go ahead. <laughs> and then you, you, you throw people back into, into uh, the real world and they're like, oh, well, I guess just go get a job. And they can't find a job. And the only way they know to make money is by CD deeds. And they're going to go back to their CD deeds. Corey, I don't know if you know this, but like, the light coming through your window right now. Hey, you see that? And I've been trying to go like this and try to be smooth about it. <laughs> so unprofessional. At least I pointed it out, so nobody cares. Uh, but yeah, so hey Dan, I mean, real quick, go what's ahead. that over there? <laughs> Ultimately, we're we're rooting we're rooting for for this bill to pass, and we're rooting for more more states to to, to do this because it's not just about. Uh, and we're back. It's, it's, yeah, it's not just it's not just about uh, it's not just about 
the uh, fact that felons are untrustworthy, right? Because that's the way it's kind of viewed by people that are hiring, right? Like if I'm, if I own a business, it's interesting because like, if I own a business, am I going to go out of my way to hire a felon? Probably not. Uh, but what this bill does is it makes it mandatory that all government jobs must give you either an initial offer or an interview before they can inquire about your, uh, criminal past. And I think that if I were to own, if I owned a business and I were hiring, I think those are the ethics I would go by. I would I would not ask somebody about their criminal past until after I've given them an interview. I think that's fair. I think that's what everybody should do. Because if that person comes in and interviews really, really well, for whatever the job is, it doesn't fucking matter. Maybe I'm hiring a painter and they interview well and they, you know, they, they you know, they, they, they've, I guess you can't really have a history of them showing up to work on time. But, you know, if, if they're, if they interview well and I give them a second chance and then I ask them about their, uh, their criminal past. Well, now at least I've given them a chance to be who they are without automatically yeah, you, having them automatically having narrative. Pre- automatically having preconceived notions about them. I don't want to know about your criminal past prior to giving you an interview. Then I might ask. I don't think that's fair. I think that's I think that's I think that's well done. So uh, that's some good news uh, coming out of the state of South Carolina. Uh, what do you want to move on to next, Corey? You want to move on to uh, a, a a a black leftist movement being shaked down by the FBI, or do you want to Ooh. talk about fifteen hundred band aids at the border? <laughs> uh, which one do you want to talk about? I got to take a leak, so uh, let's go with the uh, Uhuru shakedown. While you set it up, I'm going to go take a piss. Okay, so um, there is a group called Uhuru. They've been around since I think the 60s or 70s, who has just been a black activist group in St. Petersburg, Florida, and in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, I think. And since their inception, they've been super left. They're not liberal. They're left. And if if you're a listener to the show, you understand that there's a very, very big difference between the two. They're a leftist group who criticizes the Democrats, Republicans, uh, America's constant imperialism in their wars, and everything like that. Uh, They've been criticizing the American government for, at this point now, like mm, about 50 years. And just recently, they are now being shook down for for just speaking out against the the Russian-Ukrainian war saying America is just as much at fault as Russia is, which if you've listened to our show, uh, we kind of ascribe to that to a point because America is just as much of an aggressor in the world as Russia is because both big powers are trying to send their personal interests and influence throughout the world. And so they were speaking out about it and they're coming after this, uh, small group for being spreading Russian propaganda and disinformation. They're coming down hard on them with the FARA Act, which is like the foreign agent. Uh, oh, I forgot the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> and uh, foreign agents registration act. So the government is trying to come after them because they didn't register as someone who's advocating for a foreign uh, intermediary. And it's 
it's just it's absolute bullshit. It's bullshit because it is a minority group that is being attacked right now, but the liberals on the left aren't coming out to fight for them because they uh, criticize the Democratic Party. So they're not their friends. So they don't want to put their neck out for them. And I don't know they're what should I first. They're too far left. They're too should far I, left. I want to read. So Chairman O'Malley Yeshitela is the founder of the Uhuru Who movement. And I have his statement. And it's a little bit long-winded, but I want to read it because he's uh, articulating everything we're kind of trying to say about all this um, better than I can. And then we also have Channel 5 News, the goofball uh, page that goes and just interviews people on the street to kind of give a context of what this group actually is. I think we should play Tucker first. Oh, the Tucker. Okay, so I have that. Um, I have it too, if you don't, if you don't have it in front of you. From, uh, I have it in front you? of me right here. I just main screen Anti- it from from antiwar.com. It's I don't no. think I don't think you're able to uh, full screen this, so we apologize to folks because uh, I don't think it's full screenable. Yeah, because so Glenn Greenwald, uh, Aaron Mate, The Intercept. I forget the other guy's name from The Intercept, but uh, they're all on this too because Max this Blumenthal is, from the Gray Zone. Yeah, Max Blumenthal. They're using straight up strong arm government tactics to come after this group because they're showing dissent and they have a little bit of movement. So go ahead and play the Tucker one first. Oh, you want me to do it? I got you. I mean, I have it. I, I just, you. when you, the way you said I have it, I assumed you had it ready. I got you. Here we go. We can't full screen it, but uh, anyway, here we go. Greenwald is the host of system update. He joins us tonight. Glenn, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I'm, I'm actually in some ways glad that they went after a group of people. I, I don't agree with that a lot Tucker of things because it just makes it so much clearer. <laughs> this is not partisan. This guy is saying something the regime doesn't like, and they're trying to put him in jail. How is this happening in America? I think one of the critical things to remember is even before January 6th, my administration said their priority is to launch a domestic war on terror, to take all the tactics we used against al-Qaeda and ISIS and foreign terrorist groups and, in, and direct it inward because they perceive that anti-establishment dissidents in America, like the person you just showed, are the real enemy. And that's what this is about. There's a foreign agents law that is supposed to be if you say things you don't really believe because some foreign government is paying you millions of dollars to say them, you have to register. That's not the case with these people. These are people who have been radical black leftists for decades. They're not the people the Democratic Party likes. They hate the Biden administration. They're against yeah. the war in Ukraine. And they claim that they found $500 here, $2,000 there that have origins in the Russian government for events they did. This is what we criticize Russia for. We fund opposition groups in Russia, and then Russia says those are foreign agents. And we object and we say a foreign agent is only somebody saying things the government, a foreign government tells them to say. And now we're using that same theory we say Russia makes makes Russia tyrannical to criminalize dissent in the United States. That's what this case is about. So what's so interesting about this is these are not MAGA people. These are the victims of systemic racism they're always lecturing us about, right? And their First Amendment rights have just been stripped, and they're looking at jail terms for having opinions Biden doesn't like. Where are the liberals? Where's Morning Joe? We're all the sensitive white liberals to defend these people. They're not. Well, this is why 
Yeah, this is why I'm so glad you're covering this case, Tucker, because this is the tactic that tyrants always use. When they want to implement a, an authoritarian precedent, they choose people that makes others uncomfortable. When they wanted to start banning people from the internet, they chose Milo Yiannopoulos and Alex Jones because they knew exactly. that even Republicans would say, I don't want to defend those people. They're, they're a bridge too far. And then the precedent gets set and they expand it inward. Again, these are not people, the kind of black radicals, Democratic Party uh, establishment representatives like. They're people who attack the Biden administration, who don't vote Democrat. These are yeah. real dissidents, and they know that not even Democrats will defend them. No, they're, they're not taking money from Apple and Facebook. They weren't in on the BLM exactly. scam. They actually mean it. Now you're making me like them. Glenn Greenwald, I, I appreciate your coming on tonight and getting, as you always do, to the core issues underneath it all. So... I look at this and I go, uh, this is exactly what real leftists talk about all the time, which is what Glenn Greenwald is, which is what Jimmy Dore is, which is what, honestly, I still believe to this day Matt Taibbi is. This is not, this is an issue of shouting down dissidents of the two-party duopoly that we have. It doesn't matter if you're right-wing or left-wing. It doesn't matter. If you are a dissident to the whatever whatever the you know the 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 two-party duopoly mission is, they don't like you. It's so so the Biden administration doesn't like the Uhuru movement. The, the Biden administration doesn't like people like Jimmy Dore or Glenn Greenwald either. Why? Right. Because they're actual leftists. Like, and that's what, just as a, as a side note, this is what makes me so mad about when, when right-wingers go, uh, when they talk about leftists as if they're like, they're just simple Marxists. Like, no, those, those aren't, or, 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 or when they talk about leftists as, as, as if they're, you know, COVID tyrants and they're like, they're trying to censor people. Those are liberals. That's, that's not leftism. That's not what leftism Lip, what is. What do we call them, Dan? Lipstick liberals? Lipstick limousine liberals. That's what Lim they are. Limousine liberals, Bullshit. the ones who have the Black Lives Matter fucking poster in their front yard, but don't know any black people. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a few of those in a neighborhood right around the corner from me. Did I just sound rich by saying that? I didn't mean to do so. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 all about it's all about shooting down dissidents. Whether you are a whether you are a uh, uh, a white supremacist. Or an, or I should say, an anti-government white supremacist, or you are a uh, a Fred Hampton leftist. You are a dissident. Yep. And that is that is the autocracy of both parties. That is, th those are the people that that the autocracy of both parties are trying to shoot down, and they're working together to do it. So stop, stop voting for these people. So here, let me just sh share this video. This is the group that is a bunch of Russian espionage, you know, Rosenberg type people that the government is trying to portray them as. This is a uh, Channel 5 News. I'm only going to play a couple minutes, but it gives you the gist real quick of exactly who these fucking people are. I just want to welcome all of you today and thank all of you for coming out to the March for Reparations to African People. Oh, give white girl giving the speech. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a descendant of settlers, and I believe in reparations in order to heal our nation. And we need to address racially based climate change in order the to save our planet. people listening, she's white as well. To save this race, racially based climate change. 
before we're going to be able to heal anything, including our planet. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you. Uh, your heart's in the right place. The, the, the person yeah. talking is a black uh, uh, guru. In, in, interviewer. Breaking news. You're watching Channel 5 with Andrew Callahan. You're probably wondering what you're watching. I'm your host, Andrew Callahan, and that footage was from the Uhuru Reparations March on the streets of Oakland, California. At the time of this rally, I was a few hours south in Hollywood at an anti-vax march. Here we are, Channel 5 Live Worldwide Hollywood and Vine Freedom March. But the night before, we caught wind of a very important day, the National Day for African Reparations, hosted by an organization called Uhuru Solidarity, whose slogan is white solidarity with black power. It's time for me to get set up. Okay, so it gave us an ad. But basically, it is. It's, it's a bunch of kind of kind of clouds. <laughs> and the government just sees them as easy pickings to shut the fuck people to, to shut people the fuck up. This group is why the Proud Boys say Uhuru to each other. Do they actually say Uhuru to each other? I have no idea. I don't really follow what the Proud Boys are doing. Uh, on a daily but no, no, you, you, no. Th that's what's in that, that's interesting too. So I sat there and I defended the fact that these guys, that these people are dissidents, and they are. But it, they're also strangely fucking clowns at the yeah. same time. They're also like mostly white people. So let me read uh, what Chairman O'Malley Yesh Yeshitali has to say about all this. Yeah, do that. There. So this is the words from him. He put a blog post on the Uhuru Solidarity page whatever he was there are strong indications that in early 2023 i omali yeshitali chairman of the african people's socialist party founder of the uhuru freedom movement will be indicted along with other uhuru leaders and members by the federal government of the united states using the bogus and slanderous charge that we are russian agents the u.s government and its department of justice will attempt to put us on trial and imprison us for fighting for the liberation of african people in the u.s and around the world but they will fail we will win I'm 81 years old. My political work for the last 60 years or so influenced by the fact that in my entire life, nearing 100 years, I have not known a single day when my people were not experiencing oppression, exploitation, or humiliation. For most of my life, I have worked to build the movement for freedom for black people in the U.S. and around the world, most significantly beginning with my work as an organizer with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee in the, in the 1960s. Since 1972, I've been organized and led the African People's Socialist Party in the Uhuru Movement, a worldwide organization fighting the self-determination of African people everywhere. Our organization's presence extends to nearly every continent. We exist throughout the U.S., Europe, the U.K., Africa, and the Caribbean. Our party presides over more than 50 institutions of economic development and self-reliance for the African community, including numerous projects in North St. Louis, Missouri, known as the Black Power Blueprint. On July 29, 2022, the FBI violently and militarily raided my home in North St. Louis, Missouri, where I live with my wife. The deputy chair of the African People's Socialist Party, Onezene Yeshitala, along with six other homes and offices of Uhuru movement leaders. Now, the U.S. government is attempting to discredit our righteous struggle to free our people from the perpetual immerseration we face in this country stemming from America's unresolved original sin of slavery and colonialism. A sin whose existence was given testimony by U.S. President Joseph Biden on December 15th of this year. Their case against us is baseless and ridiculous. Our case against them is backed by an undeniable history of centuries of ongoing atrocities against our people and our movement by the U.S. government, who have often used the FBI and the Department of Justice as their political weapons against us. When they put us on trial, we will put them on trial. 
The U.S. government must be made to explain this attack on us in light of the well-known history of COINTELPRO and other covert over and overt acts of surveillance, harassment, imprisonment, and other assassinations of leaders such as Martin Luther King Jr., Marcus Garvey, W.E.D. Dubois, Paul Robinson, Fred Hampton, and many others. The U.S. is attempting to hide the blatant attack on black people by saying that it is an attack on Russia, not the African liberation movement. How will they defend this absurd notion of the overwhelming evidence of the criminal colonial colonial assaults by the FBI and Justice Department against African people historically, often using the specter of the Russians or the communists as a legal cover? This case is not about whether I whether or not I went to Russia or whether or not I have a position around the war in Ukraine that was the same as what the Russians had. This attack was perpetrated against us where we have always fought for the liberation of Africa and African people everywhere. The legal statutes will use the and execute this political attack will include the so-called Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA, which they also used in 1951 to construct their indictment of W.E.B. Dubois on nearly identical charges of working for the Russians. This is selective prosecution. The American-Israel Republic Affairs Committee and other Israeli lobbying organizations are seemingly immune to persecution under the FARA law, despite their obvious public function as agents of the Israeli government. The Foreign Agents Registration Act is almost never enforced unless it is used as a tool against Africans and other colonized people. We will rise up on rise up our supposed legal rights to freedom of speech, freedom of association, and freedom of assembly, but more importantly, the government must be made to answer for their oppression and terror against the black people historically. Beginning in the 1970s, our party laid out the strategic, the strategic approach to winning the freedom for the black people that included building relationships with people all around the world to support the struggle for African self-determination in the U.S. At our first party Congress held in Oakland, California in 1981, we received solidarity statements from organizations and governments from around the world, including FECOPES in Colombia, Casa El Salvador, the Pan-African Congress of Zania, the FSLSN government in Nicaragua, the New Jewel the New Jewel Movement-led government of Granada, Casa Chile, the Revolutionary Workers' Party of Argentina, and the Associated Vietnamese, Vietnamese Patriots in the U.S. and the National United Movement of Barbados. Cut myself off real quick. A bunch of super leftist groups that our government hates. No, uh, Corey, honestly, I think what you read is enough uh, because my takeaway from that is he's so right and also so wrong. At the same time, because yeah. it's not. Oh no 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 no! I not, get that. It's not about. It's not. It's not the fact that you're a black movement. It's, it's about not. the fact that you're a dissident movement. It and doesn't matter what, if you but, agree on, with Corey, their movement what, or not. That's what people need to understand. Is like this is this is part of the issue when you when you take a dissident movement and you make it and, and whether it's whether it's you yourself as part of the movement making about race or it's the opposition making about race distracts from the actual fucking issue which is that the federal government doesn't like dissidents but when we say well you know they're being racist that's just that's so rush worthy you can just sweep that aside nobody cares yeah because it's because it's well whatever it's just racism now it's but but it's if, if we could just get more people like what he said and the the uhuru movement involved with actual dissident groups and stop making it about race, maybe we can actually fucking get somewhere. Right. Good day to you fellow intellectual idiots. If you're this far into the show, we're guessing that you probably like it. So we'd just like to ask you to hit pause, and on whatever platform you're listening, just leave us a quick review. 
It really does help us grow and gives us an opportunity to bring you even more great content in the future. And we'd also like to ask you to just press that share button and just send this episode to one friend that you think might be interested in our line of conversation. The best way for podcasts to grow in the sea of millions of podcasts really is through word of mouth. So every little bit helps and we appreciate you all. So let's get back to the show. Yeah, though, there's a million things that I could probably disagree with with this movement, like when it comes down to things like reparations, you know, and stuff like that. Like me personally, my family came from Bavaria. They're Bavarian. You know, it's a German. Uh, oh, very Prussian. Yeah. They, yeah. I have a German ideology and I we we my family came from Ireland and Bavaria here and they fought for the north. And I come from a genealogy of indentured servitudes and people who fought for the North in the Civil War. If someone tries to tell me personally that I owe them reparations, it's like, hey, I'm on the same side as you this whole time. Uh, But it's fucking gross when you see groups just being attacked by our government in a country who our founding fathers initially said had the right to free speech. And it's a lot more convenient for the government to just shut them up and put them in jail. They have to try to fucking scramble around and have real answers to this shit. And they're constantly using the arm of the government more and more. Trump, you know, it started with Bush is when it really upticked during the Patriot Act. And then Obama did it. He kept the Patriot Act going and then doubled down with the NDAA, the non, uh, or the, the, uh, the defense act or whatever. And then Trump comes in and tries to attack section two thirty, and he comes after it and really fucks with that shit. And then Obama comes in with things like the restrict act. And it's the government constantly, constantly, constantly trying to infringe on our constitutional rights under the guise of, Oh, it's, it's those goddamn Russians. Don't they always say that strange times make for strange bedfellows, Corey? You've heard this. You've heard this uh, analogy before. Or analogy, this saying before. I, I don't know if I've ever heard that one. Strange times make for strange bedfellows, and we're we're in strange times. And it's one of those weird situations where these the you know these people that were Trump supporters for the right reasons, right, which is basically being a dissident against whatever you would call it, you know, what do you want to call it? The deep state. I don't care what you want to call it, the deep state or, you know, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, whatever this power apparatus is that has us completely under control and movements like the Uhuru movement, they should be in the same fucking bed together because you want this. You want the same thing. You're both fucking dissident against what we've been dealing with over the course of the last 30 fucking years, the military industrial complex, right? They're both against you. Bo- both groups are against you. The, the Ukraine war, both groups were, were against the Iraq war and still, and still kick up shit about it. There's both a term for both, this, Dan. What's that? McCarthyism. What, wait, what, we're going through a new McCarthyism right now. Oh uh, yeah. Just Hoover and everyone's a communist. It's the red scare. On steroids, because the government can come in now because everyone's so interconnected to the, the internet that they can just come through all of your shit. Because McCarthyism and initially didn't have things like the Patriot Act and the Restrict Act as 
weapons in their holster. Fair enough. Look, I dig it. Be a dissident. Did I just say that? YouTube's going to kick us off for just me me saying be a, be a, be a, be a dissident. <laughs> it's it's called good trouble. That's what you should have said. It's good trouble, Dan. That's and that, that's what should matter. And and I think the way that we're always convinced to kind of back away from that is when we have you know media organizations that are bought and paid for by corporations that also work for the government want to make everything about race. Even just going back to the to the New York subway incident. When you make everything about race, it makes it a lot harder to actually develop a dissidence movement against, you know, actually speaking truth to power. That's all I have. Good night, everyone. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about some presidential corruption here, Corey? Let's talk about some presidential corruption. Not just, well, I guess it's not. Just just about corruption, but presidents 45 and 46 are both in some hot water and voters collectively don't care. Why? Because everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid of if we have four more years of Biden or four more years of Trump. So you're going to pick a side, whichever side you're afraid of. So Donald Trump uh, was uh, uh, convicted. It was a civil case. This week of uh, being a fucking creep, which I guess shouldn't really surprise anybody. <laughs> I don't think anybody's shocked by that after the grabbing by the pussy comments. And uh, Joe Biden, uh, a couple whistleblowers going off on him about some some business dealings overseas, uh, which unfortunately I didn't have a whole lot of time to look into today. But I'm sure Corey will fill us in, and I'll just have a chance to uh, to give to. To give a little bit of a reaction, Maybe we can bring Bell on Bell in on this because I know he's a uh, he's been looking into this quite a bit himself. So I'll let you boys carry this one wherever you want to start. You want to start with Trump? You want to start with Biden? I don't really care. They both suck. Where, Corey, what do you want to start with? America yeah, hates both. Suck. Uh, it's well, up to you guys. So, well, Trump is shorter. Let's let's start with Trump. Um. A Manhattan federal jury found that Donald Trump sexually abused this woman. She's an author uh, back in the day in a department store bathroom. Ooh, that's cute. Um, in 1996, made Trump pay her $5 million for battery and defamation. Uh, that's just about it. <laughs> like typical Donald Trump shit, like you know, like well, what else? What else? What? Yeah, typical. What do you expect? There's nothing past that. He sexually assaulted somebody, and now he's got to pay. Donald Trump is a sexual pig. So, I am shocked by this. No way! <laughs> oh my god, it's almost like he's a Bill Clinton. Yeah. I wonder if the supporters are going to turn on him now. You think they will, guys? You know, the thing, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll see after the more than two other cases that the same shit. It's the same thing. Sexual abuse or sexual assault. There's more than two dozen women who have accused him. So, and those are, a lot of those are going to go to trial, but they are civil verdicts. So, yeah, so it's not it's a what everybody verdict. wants to see. It's not the juice. It's it's Trump broke the law as a president. We know this. 
every president has. Mm-hmm. You know, Including you could go president. to you could go to George Carlin, and what he says we should just impeach every president. <laughs> when we are now, we right. talk, we talked about this multiple times. But we this verdict carries no criminal implications, and the legal standard for liability in the civil case is the preponderance of the evidence, and it wasn't as high as a is in a criminal case. The civil benchmark is that it is more likely than that, than not that something occurred. While the standard for convictions in criminal cases is proof of guilt beyond reasonable doubt. Um, this correct. If this girl was raped, this poor girl didn't bring it up, you know, thirty years ago, and now it's at this point where it's more of a defamation case because she brought it up in a book and Trump slandered her and talked shit about her. So that's where the five million comes from. Mm-hmm. Or I think it's three million for defamation and two million right. for him being liable for uh, sexual assault, but he's actually not charged with sexual assault. And uh, criminally, because the statute of limitations was up fucking thirty years ago at this point, right? Well, because in the case uh, Jean Carroll or whatever, one of the things that was held against her was in 2012 on Twitter. She said she was a massive fan of Trump's show, The Apprentice. <laughs> that that hurts your case well, when you say things also, like it that. Also, it also hurts your case when you can't prove to the jury that you were raped or sexually assaulted, really. Because yeah. that was a big part of it, too. Like, she could not prove that she was raped or sexually assaulted at all. And, I mean, I get it. It's 1996. It's a different time. There's no security cameras everywhere, but I don't know. And also, like, I'm still a huge I, I don't want to put it out there that, like, because... Yeah. I could I could honestly see somebody listening to this and going, "Well, are you are you blaming the victim for not coming forward?" And it's like, "No, wow. absolutely, no, no, absolutely not." And, and 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 like knowing Trump's history, like I'm not one of these believe all women people, right? But do mm-hmm. I believe her? Do I believe her? Yeah, I I mean I I believe her. Yeah, like hell I, yeah, you know, we all. We all know who Trump is at this point. You know, he's the grab him by the pussy guy. I, I guess the whole the whole point is like. What good does her coming for? Like, if it makes her feel better, then great. Like, as long as she, as long as she, like, she, she got her story out there and like it's gotten something off of her chest and she's, she's gotten some, um, uh, no, I guess good for reparations her. for it. But, like, then I'm happy for her. I, I'm sure she probably doesn't feel that way, but there's know, people it, that still support the guy. If she feels like she did the right thing and, and she, and she, she gets what she, She's never going to get what she deserves, but like she, nope. If if it if it helps her in any way after f- being assaulted by Trump, then like good for her. What does this mean on like a presidential scale or like an uh, a, a Republican primary scale or a general Nothing. election scale? It doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, and it's and that's unfortunate because his supporters don't care. They don't care. They either don't care. Or they don't believe it. Right. And there's nothing you're going to do to convince them to believe it. And you know what the saddest thing about all of this is? Is everyone is letting Trump live in their head rent free so much that they're trying to take this guy down. When all he does is just counterpunch and just go after people who said shit about him. And and worst case scenario, all this is going to do is boost up who? Fucking DeSantis. 
DeSantis is trying to steal kids from parents who want to let their child go through uh, like hormone treatment. We There's have top A's right now. We have our qualms. We talk about how, like, personally, we don't think children whose brain frontal lobe isn't fully developed be plugged in with a bunch of hormones and stuff like that to change their gender. But there's a difference between us saying that we should put a pause on that and a person like DeSantis who is actually taking these kids and giving them to the state in orphanage issues. Uh, because he doesn't ideologically agree with what the parents are doing. I know that's a little bit of a tangent, but it it just goes back to how just like just like it goes back to the Jordan Neely thing. Conversations are muddled when there's real issues at hand. Bell's mattress is attacking him. <laughs> <laughs> the sound make- barriers is attacking me. My my air mattress sound barrier. No, but what I was gonna say is um one of Trump's top aides from twenty twenty is actually endorsing DeSantis now. Ugh. And well yeah. that that just that just goes to show you how gross the Republican Party actually is. Right. Like these are these are our options. And then wh- who's our third option? Nikki Haley. And then you look at you look at the you look at the Democratic Party and we're going to talk about Biden's discretions here in just a second. But like when you flip that over to the to the Democratic Party, who do you got? You got Joe Biden. You got you got Marianne Williamson and you got RFK Jr. And of all of those options, it is really fucked up that my top option is a fucking actual vaccine denier. We're not talking about covid. We're talking about like a real vaccine denier. RFK Jr., if I have to choose between any of those people I just mentioned, is my top choice. And that is <laughs> not, and that does not make me happy. That does not make me excited for who the next president's gonna be at all. Makes you wanna, makes you wanna drink. I mean, it just makes me it's just like, you know, you vote third, you vote third party, you wasted your vote, as we talked about with uh with Michael and Kumar, the forward party guys uh, a couple months ago. You know, Kumar brought up a good point. Like, maybe it's just time to waste your vote. Which it might is, be know, time. Yeah, it's time. The to percentage is going up. The percentage of Americans who believe that is going up too. Been, so we uh, we have we have Trump's uh, issues before us. Nobody's surprised. Nobody's happy about it. It's Let's amazing how something is trivial. And, like okay, that's not the word I want to use. But this thing that happened with Trump thirty years ago is garnering way more media attention then Biden might actually be his family being entombed in a whole fucking corruption case. Let's get into it. Ugh. All right. So. Oh, man, where do you even start? So there's two <laughs> congressional Republicans. I mean, really, there's so many people that believe so much bullshit but here's the meat there's two guys um there's james comer and chuck grassley of iowa and they claim to have a whistleblower giving them information saying that biden had overseas dealings they wrote a letter to 
Merrick Garland, who's the attorney general, and they said that they had forms that describe an alleged criminal scheme involving then Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. But in a press conference today, when they were asked to present the evidence, they did not. I understand. No, because it's still based on. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the narrative like, oh, they had no evidence, but it's an investigation. So, yeah. So there's currently two whistleblowers right now about the Biden family. There's one in the IRS saying that Hunter Biden was uh, is fraudulent tax tax filings. And then there's and, a um, witness whistleblower from Ukraine. So Bud Cummins, who served for the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of Arkansas during the George Bush administration, is saying he has someone who's a foreign uh, foreign witness who has evidence of the Biden family with uh, having illegal dealings and using political influence in Ukraine during the Burisma thing and all this stuff. And so what's interesting is this all circles back to that perfect phone call Mm. with Trump talking to Zelensky, asking him about the Bidens in Ukraine. Now, Trump fucked up and he made it a quid pro quo when he said, I need you to do me a favor. And it's awfully interesting to where if he said, I need you to do the United States a favor, (laughs) then that would have been fine. But Trump's classic narcissism got the best of him. Well, and here's here's just this is a side note, right? That was a situation. So we we look at what's going on in Ukraine today, right? And we're, right. we're continuing to send them weapons and fighting a bullshit proxy war and maybe taking us toward World War Three. All you know, based for, on the 2014 coup that America established. But for the Trump people that want to go, well, this wouldn't have happened under Trump. Well, it already kind of started to happen with the quote unquote perfect phone call. Because he did ultimately like he like the weapons. He would have given them to him. And if I'm I'm not mistaken, he actually did give them some weapons. Regardless. uh, During that time. Trump was the first president to give Ukraine offensive weapons. In the fight in Crimea, because if ever, no one, no one really, it seems like no one remembers this. No, history, Russia started, in, history started in February of 2022. You didn't know that? Russia invaded Ukraine in 2014 when they took Crimea over. And then everyone just kind of was just like, eh, you know, just let it slide or whatever. And then, you know, eight years later, he really invaded Ukraine. And no one likes to mention the fact that. There was a more Eastern-friendly president in Ukraine, and then there was the coup or a revolution, depending on which side of the ideological spectrum you're on. America had their fingers in Ukraine to get someone in office who would like the Western faction of the world. And then when that happened, uh, Putin saw his only fucking port to the Black Sea being threatened, so he invaded Crimea. And now here we are eight years later. I just want to point out real quick how funny um, the media is. I have five reports in front of me right now just on this topic alone. 
and New York Post. The Bidens pocketed one million from corrupt Romanian oligarch. Fox News: The explosive new evidence of Biden family's breathtaking corruption. New York Times: House Republican report finds no evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, that's what we talk about when it comes to media. They're always trying to spin their own narrative. Well, and it's that's like, we, and that's okay, why it's watch important. Us. And we tell all of our no, not not no, just watch us. We tell all of our listeners whenever you read an article, like New York Times, New York Post, Washington Post, or the Washington, uh, what's the one that Bezos owns? Washington Post, the Washington Post, yeah, WAPO, the Washington the Examiner. Whenever you read an article about any topic. Try to find an outlet that is the exact fucking opposite. Yeah, immediately, and immediately then create your that. own opinion. Don't yeah, let. I don't think you really have to try. Yeah, don't <laughs> let a news outlet form your opinion for you. Please, but that's what. That, but that's what everybody does. And and I look at this and I go, okay, so the Bidens are corrupt. Am I am I supposed to be surprised by this? No, they're all corrupt. Am I supposed to be surprised that the Bidens are corrupt, that the Trumps are corrupt, that the Obamas are corrupt, that the Clintons are corrupt, uh, that the Bushes the are Bushes. corrupt? I, I would say the Reagans, but the Reagans. Oh, dead. Oh, Reagan was uh, the biggest. Dude, one. Reagan like, why was, do you think? Uh, what, hold on. Why do you think Jimmy Carter is? is Jimmy Carter is, was you know not, is he dead now? I can't even remember. Ninety seven no, or he's still building houses. Oh wait, did he die? No, 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 no. He, he, he was sick. Died. He stopped building houses. Did he really? I don't remember. I think we would have known that. I think we would have known that. But either way, Jimmy Carter, whether he's dead Dude, or he he's is 98. Alive. I told you. <laughs> he's 98. He's 98. Yeah. So so Jimmy yeah. Carter is is like the only president in like our recent lexicon that had any semblance of fucking morality. And he was basically oh, shit old peanut farmer. He was shit canned. Every, everybody because, wants to talk about the heart of America. This guy he is was, the heart of America. But he wasn't. Right he now. wasn't. He, he, his presidency was a disaster. But the I think the yeah. reason his presidency was a disaster was because he was an actual human being with morals. <laughs> that's, I think that's that, really, really what it came down. He's to. never owned a. Big you call house. him the heart of America. I love yeah. the metaphor, and I love the simile. Yeah. That he's the heart of America, and the heart of America right now is probably strapped up to a pacemaker, an AED yeah. in the room at all times, and a shot of epinephrine. Oh my God! So no. what you're saying is we have to keep we have to keep Jimmy Carter alive at all costs because when he <laughs> dies, the future universe. That's the end. That's the that's the end of America oh when God. Jimmy Carter dies. It's either him no, or Feinstein. Guy, he's never owned a bigger than a three bedroom house. Or a four-bedroom house. Like, you ever see the guy's house? He's lived in the same house since he's been president. It's like a little ranch. And then he goes and build. Uh, he builds other people's houses. Jimmy Carter is so likable. Like, I oh, my God. I mean, it's either it's either uh, Carter or Feinstein. Oh, God. Diane Feinstein. Yeah, that's right. She just got, they, she, they, rolled she, her, she, they rolled her corpse in on a fucking dolly. Oh, I thought I was watching <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> Bell, Bell, the body, Bell, the, back in. Bell the body snatcher is getting ready to go pick up I'm ready body. I, got, I got work that's, that's <laughs> he's, he's leaving that's the hearth running <laughs> the hearth is on body, just I'm an idol in the parking lot I'll take that job I will happily happily yeah. drive that 
that's our oh breaking God. news. That's our breaking news for today. Diane Feinstein has made her return to Washington. Nobody knows whether or not her heart is still beating, but she was rolling through there today on a dolly that was labeled a wheelchair that, that identified as a wheelchair. I should say. <laughs> Just look, at, look, at, look at the picture of her rolling in to Washington D.C. Like when they're rolling, Do you have it. To the you stand. have it, right, yeah, Bill? Pull that picture. Up I have it on my phone. I hold on. You know, just show, I, just show it to the camera. We should be able to see it. Oh man! Uh, here it's, I'll pull it up real quick. It's not good. Here I got it. <laughs> here. All right. Yeah. Well, she does not look good. You'll see her. Oh, there she is. She, yeah, she's on a dolly. That's not a wheelchair. Her eye. One of her eyes are not even really open. Like, this is why we need to put an age limit and a term limit on things because. But you know what? Like, I, I'm never, I'm never a fan of like shitting on a constituency. Like, I, like I hate when like, you know, <coughs> the reason Donald Trump voted was because half the country is racist. Like, I hate that kind of bullshit. But when you talk about like a person like that's obviously too old to serve, is there a point in which you can start blaming voters? Is there a point when it's okay? Yeah, for to sure. Be like okay, or like unless it's no, unless they use that as a, as a like a purpose. Like, all right, so I mean, you know, she's not going to be present, but you know, the Democrats are going to hold a majority, right? Mm-hmm. So that holds. Oh, up there a she lot. is. There's Diane. Yeah, like I mean, I don't. Look how happy I don't mean Chuck to hit is. on. A, I don't want to hit this on an old person. Over. The guy that back out is just like, dude, this yeah, is weekend at Bernie's in real life. <laughs> I, right, I don't want to hate on an old person, but I Chuck also... Schumer looks like a fucking marionette puppet. Like, like who's honestly, holding his strings? Do you he's expect like, he's that like woman, you done with that wheelchair yet, Feinstein? <laughs> right. Do you, expect any, do you expect these two to vote on what's right for today's... The, what we need for today? You, don't, you cannot expect those two to know the world around them today and make proper decisions. That's no, the point. You can, it's a point in which you can start blaming voters. Right. And then they want to blame politicians. It's like, dude, you vote these people in like that lady can't even walk. I'm pretty sure she's dead and nobody's telling she us. Can't even, she cannot even walk into the Senate to cast a vote. They and have she's the majority, on the, and, she's on, and she's on the judiciary committee, right? Yeah. And 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 they have the majority, and she's been holding up a lot of votes. What? Where am I? Why is nothing getting done? It's because you elect somebody who can't even walk into the Senate to vote. Am I in Colbert? Am I in Colbert, Oklahoma? <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Colbert, Oklahoma. Yeah, there's shout out. out. Have a drink Oklahoma. for. Colbert, Oklahoma. Is it Colbert? Colbert. Somebody email us and correct us. Is it like Stephen Colbert? If this this isn't some sort of psyop and these are real listeners in Colbert, Oklahoma, please correct us. Uh, You guys want to talk about the debates or the lack thereof, I guess I should say? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? I'm over here drinking whiskey. I don't care. I I fucking care. So, Corey, (laughs) you you had mentioned that... uh, 79% 79% of Americans want to see more debates. I don't know what the context of that was. Um, we do know that there is a, I can't remember the name of it, but there, but there is a debate commission that makes uh, national debates between Republicans and Democrats in presidential elections basically bullshit. Um, and that's reality. 
uh, they handpick the moderators, they handpick the questions, the town halls. They're basically TV events. However, in the primaries, they serve a fucking purpose. And uh, that is where, especially when you're dealing with an incumbent like Joe Biden, we don't see any of them. And why would we see them? Because Joe Biden can't debate. The only reason he was able to debate against Donald Trump is because he knew exactly what he was going up against, which was huh, shut up, man. On, man. You're going to shut up, man. I'm just, I just, uh, I'm an, I'm just an old man. I'm going to yell at you. So we make predictions on this show, right? And sometimes they're a hit. Sometimes they're a miss. I called the DeSantis going, but I also thought that it would be Whitmer from Michigan vote going against him in the 2024 debates. I'm wrong on that part, but the DeSantis part, I nailed. Um, but there was another one that we called out or that I called out and it was the Trump Biden uh, debates. And I said, the only way Trump will win is if he sits there the whole time and just goes, <laughs> this fucking idiot. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> Do you remember me saying that on the show? Mm-hmm. I said, the only way he'll win these debates, if he just like scoffs at Trump and gives him a taste of his own medicine. And that's exactly what he did. Um, so there was a Newsweek poll conducted by Redfield and Wilton Strategies. And 79% of eligible voters who voted for Biden agree that the Democratic Party should hold televised primary debates. You know what's interesting about that number? Is that it basically correlates. It's the influx yep, <laughs> of the it's, ones it's, who it's, don't it's like the Biden. Inverse. It's the inverse of biden's approval rating yeah that's what i find interesting about that number yeah that's fantastic and look we should see them we won't and it's a smart move dude it's a smart move by the democratic party to not hold these debates it's a smart move biden will get to a fucking gaff himself into a racial slur and then shit himself on stage well and if it's and if it's if it's another biden trump election I mean, I'd put my money on Biden winning that election. You I mean, why so? wouldn't I? Yeah, why it's wouldn't a toss I? up, dude. I th- honestly think it's a you toss know why? up. It comes you to know Biden why? and Trump again. Well, it'll be close. Of course, it'll be close. I'm not going to say Trump has no Trump would have no chance. I'm, I would never say that. Um, but it'll be close again. But if I if I were if I were to give something my 51 percent, it would be Joe Biden beating Donald Trump in a second election. He did it once. Um, and and at the at the end of the day. <laughs> This is, this is what this is what both parties want. They want you to be scared. They want you to vote out of fear, and they want you to they, they don't want you to vote for anyone. They just want you to vote against someone, and that's all our elections are. And that's what is so infuriating about our two party system. About a lot of the things we talk about on this show, we don't vote for anyone. When's the last time, Corey? When's the last time you went to the polls and voted for someone? The last I mean, I'm two sure elections. I'm sure you voted for a couple libertarians here and there. Yeah, the last two elections. But I voted for someone, but it was always third party. My candidate well, you know, never he, had a shot. You know, he didn't have a shot. But if, if you're Spike vote, Cohen, if, if Spike Cohen runs, I will vote for Spike. I voted for Gary Johnson. And then I voted for uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Joe Jorgensen. I voted for Dr. Joe, but I even not. though she's kind of an idiot. Yeah, N- not very, very uh, representative. Uh, of the sure, party. idiot. Sure, but comparatively <laughs> to the other idiots that are on the ballot. I mean, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, or a doctor. 
that's what I broke it down to. Or oh, God, none of the three. I think the only reason I, know. I would vote, uh, uh, the only reason I would vote for Joe Jorgensen, you know, in hindsight, would ju- would literally again it would be it would be voting against something. It would be voting against the two party system, and I think that's that's one of the things that's super fucked up. Is like even even like. I love all these movements, right? That we see on Facebook, you know, we keep an eye on them, you know, the end the two party system group. Uh, we'll give a shout out to them. The radical independence group, give a shout out to them. They're still voting against something. They're still voting against the duopoly. There is no voting for. Or, something. Uh, but so, so you're, it's kind of a cynical take then. Yeah, of course e- it is. You could also easily say they're voting for. Trying to take down the two-party system. system, yeah. Oh, that's just a double negative, bro. Yeah, that's all that is. That's nothing more than a double negative. Hey, man, I'm blissfully optimistic over here. And so, don't, okay, I'll give you an example, dare, right? Don't you dare put a chink in my armor. I'll give you an example. Democratic primaries roll around. You got Joe Biden, you got RFK Jr., and you got, uh, what's her nuts, uh, Marion Williamson. I'm going to the polls, and I'm probably casting my ticket for RFK Jr., but not because I'm voting for him. I'm not voting for him. I think he's a loon. He's kind of a nut. But I I want him to have that kind of same effect that Trump had on the Republican Party. Or if it's not him, somebody else. Yeah. So me personally, the primaries are going to be weird because like it's all it's so fucked up. You should be able to vote for both parties in the primary of who you want to see as the person you ultimately vote for. Yeah, they do that on purpose. But they do that on purpose. So I'm stuck in this conundrum to where it's like, because I do not want DeSantis. I will take Trump over DeSantis a million times over and over and over and over again. As will I all day long. Do I want to go to the primaries and vote for Trump over DeSantis? Or do I want to go to the primaries and vote for an RFK or a Marion Williamson over Biden? If I'm, if I'm giving you what I would do, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, because Trump has already thrown a wrench in the Republican Party, like that—that that part's already over with. I'm I'd have to look and, at the polls before I went in and voted. Yeah, I'm going to try and throw a wrench in the Democratic Party and yeah. and, and vote for vote for RFK. Because the primaries are like you don't really vote for primaries for a third party; they just they just choose them. I would vote for either one of those, the opposite of Biden or DeSantis. But then when it came to the actual vote, I'd probably end up voting Libertarian again. And then walking into work, and then everyone blames me. You were the reason we lost. It's hilarious, isn't it? In 2016, <laughs> I was told I was the reason that the Democrats lost, and then in 2020, I was told I was the reason that Look, the Republicans lost. Make make no mistake, and I I feel, I feel awful telling our listeners this, but your vote is symbolic. It really is. Like I, I don't want to be one of those guys that. Like, and it doesn't count if you don't take a picture with the "I voted" sticker. That's true. That's true. That's actually real. Uh, that's the reason Trump lost. <laughs> yeah, not enough people who voted for Trump took pictures with the I voted <laughs> sticker. It really is. It really is on a macro put all scale, my, though. I put it all really my is. I voted stickers on my gun holster. Did you? <laughs> Did <laughs> I re- you really do that? Oh, I've been doing it for about, uh, you know, eight years now. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely. awesome. Like my, my, uh, my holster for my gun has just a bunch of I voted stickers on it. But it really is. Where else am I going to put it? It really is on a macro on my chest scale. for a whole day before you I forget to take I'm, it off and it goes to the washer and then I have this weird fucking glue stuck to my shirt. Put Fuck it on that. your put it on your forehead like a like a third eye. Uh 
but at the end of the day, like your vote really is, it's, it's symbolic. Like it's, it's, you know, for, for, for anybody who votes third party, like anybody who tells you, you lost them election, the election. That's, that's just such projection. I just tell them you should have voted harder, bro. It's your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should have crossed your fingers a little bit more. Yeah, you should you know, have, you have thrown some thoughts and prayers in there. Yeah. You know, at, at the end of the day, it's like, I think the reason we the re, the reason we we root on libertarian candidates is 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 at least the symbolic idea of shrinking government, um, because that's what conservatives are supposed to do, but they don't, and they haven't for. Well, let's see. There was Reagan. They haven't at least since. I mean, I don't even think Nixon shrunk government. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about. No, he didn't. And you know why he didn't? Because like when they had serious inflation under Nixon, he put that stop. He put serious government weight on everything and told everyone they can't raise prices on things and stuff like that. This idea that that Republicans are the are the party of small government it's it's been bullshit for uh, uh, at least our entire parents' generation. Yeah, they want to pretend like they want small government, and they and they want small government in ways that help. They're, they're lower numbers. class people. Yeah, it's 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 nonsense, man. And then I don't know. What are we? Yeah, doing? we're in a weird spot. I'm getting, I'm getting depressed, and I don't want to do this show anymore. Don't get depressed, then. <laughs> be blissfully optimistic like me. We're having a great time. This is fun, isn't it, folks? I'm just drunk. Uh, I'm a little bit drunker for this show than I have been in a while because it's the too. first time I drink whiskey on the show in a while. I haven't gotten. We haven't gotten to to to. Tucker being on on Twitter, you want to you want to we can talk about this real quick. We're an hour thirty six, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about the fifteen hundred band aids on the southern border next week. I guess you want to just summarize it. Title forty two is ending, and Biden is sending troops to the border, which basically just proves that Democrats are just as neoconservative as fucking Republicans are. I mean, yeah, that's that's the. That's the way we, that's, 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 that's and like, well, how about instead of putting 1500 fucking soldiers on the border, we hire 1500 immigration lawyers and then we just get these people into the country and have them paying taxes. This is no, you know what? We're going to talk about this. This is more important than Tucker. We can save Tucker for next week. Uh, so this idea that Democrats are like somehow pro immigration does this not just prove to you that that's bullshit? That yeah. both that both that both parties have this like weird idea that immigration is a bad thing, and and it's generally conservatives that will tell you that uh, just because you want more immigration, which I think you're on board with me, Corey, in saying that we we do want more immigration, but when you say you want more immigration. What does that mean? If you're if you're talking to a conservative, they go, oh, they our jobs. you're for open borders. So you're for open borders. I don't so, think I fucking said I was for open borders. I think what I said was I'm for more immigration because you sit there and you have conservatives, particularly Christian conservatives that will tell you that we need to we need to have more babies. We need to have more babies to help our country and help our nation. We need to have more babies and have more uh, uh Christian values and more, uh, more of a Christian lifestyle. To, then, to, to, what better way to bring in a bunch of Mexicans who are Catholic? 
What better way to solve the fact that we can't compete with quote unquote China's population than I don't know fucking immigrants who want to come here and do jobs. The only reason we don't face the same issues that all of Europe does, that China does, that Japan does, that Russia does with aging populations is because of our immigration. Okay. And there's this weird thing that no one really talks about that helps start our country and jump started into being the superpower that it is today. It's called Ellis Island. <laughs> and we were, we at the time, uh, I think at the height of Ellis Island, it was, they were, uh, they were, oh, now I'm, I can't think of the fucking word. They were not prosecuting. They were doing the thing that gets people through the system. There's a word for it. I can't think of it. My lithological has taken the best of me. But in, fact, in the 18, the 1880s, we're processing. God damn it. That's the word I was fucking looking for. The word processing? In processing. In the 1800s, when Alice Island was a thing, we were processing hundreds of thousands of people a day to get them here. They would show up and they'd be like, oh, I'm tired and I'm poor and I'm a huddled mass. <laughs> and they're like, I'm a huddled mass. <laughs> and they're like, and we're like, well, come on in here. <laughs> You're an American citizen. And then there was all these Republicans standing outside the port going here. Welcome to America, vote Republican. Welcome to America, vote Republican. A hundred years later, we have all this science and all this technology, and yet we can't, for some reason, some fucking reason, some emulate the reason. same <laughs> emulate the same process. And instead of just trying to hold this fucking snowball at the top of the hill, and the fucking oh, I can't think of the guy's name. There's a a whole uh, Greek mythology about the guy who's holding the ball on the hill. Who lets it roll down and he pushes it up and lets it roll down and pushes it back up. I don't know, Corey. But that's your realm. Instead of just being at the border and just having thousands of immigration lawyers and judges and then letting these people come in and go, oh shit, you have all your paperwork and you're not a terrorist and you're not a cartel member and you're just here running from the cartel. You know what, Corey? <laughs> it, it's so it's so interesting, right? Because you you I, for some reason, like Trump's rhetoric came to my head when you talked about that. Like if, if Donald Trump, so he's, he, he was so anti-establishment and so like against the deep state and whatever, if he had literally, instead of doing like, we need to build a wall, we need to find a, instead of doing that and doing, we need to find a way to naturalize these citizens, get them into the system, paying taxes like the rest of us and, and, and like improving on our economy. I might've voted for him. In 2016, right. because it, it is, it's all it's all fucking bullshit. Because conservatives and Republicans will go, well, you know, they're just lowering the wages of the American worker and they're fucking over the labor. And it's, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you know what? I'd rather have the lower wages and labor in house in America, where the money is being taxed here, and that it's actually being a net gain for the country, versus just outsourcing the fucking labor to China, where there's lower wages and stuff like. Oh man, these immigrants are taking our jobs. So the alternative is we just put these jobs 4,000 miles away or however far away China is. 
Well, there's no, there's like, like, look around you. Where, where do you live? I'm, I'm asking our listeners, like, take a second. Where do you live? Now, pay attention. Do you live in an urban area? Do you live in some, a suburban area? Do you live in a rural area? Like, take a look around you. If you're in, if you live in an urban area, go to town. Are they looking for workers? Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know because we're not from an urban area, but I, I honestly, I'd like to know. But you and I live in, in, in an urban slash suburban area and everywhere, everywhere. Help wanted. Help, help wanted. wanted help wanted. Help jobs. wanted. Jobs. Like so many I- jobs. People are working two or three of them to make ends meet. Like this idea that we don't have enough jobs is absolutely fucking asinine. We have enough jobs. We have more jobs than. You you get you, you know you, the Biden administration likes to brag about you know the the, uh, the 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 low unemployment. They don't brag about the job participation, but that's a whole other argument. That's a whole other. That's a whole other. <laughs> I'm, I'm not defending the Biden administration, but they, you know, it, it just just like look at what's in front of you. Look at the numbers in front of you. Like we. We we have low unemployment, and we also, if you just look around town, have everybody looking to fill positions. Look at like look at the correlation. We have low unemployment, and we have a bunch of people that need to fill positions. Yeah, well, how no. do you do that? You can't just have babies and send them to work. <laughs> this isn't a fucking. Well, that's what gulag. the Republicans want. <laughs> But then that's just it, right? It's like Dude, that's what the Republicans want, and then the Democrats don't want them to work, and then they just try to subsidize them with more tax money. Well, and then it also gives an, another excuse for conservatives about like why abortion is bad. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we need more people. It's like, well, there are two ways to solve this problem. We can either have more babies or we can just let people into the country that can solve the problem immediately. Right? I mean, like. I don't know. I just I hate I hate this so, country. I yeah, love no, so, that's not true. I didn't say that. I'm no, you hate the government. You don't yeah, hate the country. Yes, America I love the country. itself is an idea that I will stand behind until my dying breath. Love this country, love where but I, I will sit here and bitch and moan and cry about the government that we currently have. I'm so mad about the previous generations who I'll just allow this to happen. Are we in agreement? I'm going to throw a bell on the screen for a second. Are we in agreement? Immigration is good. Thumbs up. We like immigration. Yeah. Immigration is a good thing. We like we like it. Yes. Thumbs up it's for good. immigration. Without 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 immigration, our country would not exist. Oh yeah. Well, it's just a dirty liberal talking point, Bill. Yeah, you fucking I'm, liberal. I'm taking oh, you off. Man. I'm taking you off the screen you for know, that. You son of a bitch. He <laughs> <laughs> did. You're back. I didn't want to kick. I didn't want to kick you off the screen like we kick people out of the country. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Hey, listen, this conservative people, over here. Saying, well, a lot of people. If you had a bowl it. of Ev Skittles and one was poisoned, would you eat one? You shut your mouth. No, what I was going to say was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we say what we say, but and a lot of, like a, lot a true of, liberal. <laughs> <laughs> we just can't let him get his thought out. <laughs> God damn I'm you sorry. All right. I mean, a lot of a lot of people over in America have lineage that traces back to whenever. Like my family came over here a hundred years ago. So of course I'm for immigration. 
<laughs> well said. <laughs> if immigration wasn't a thing, I wouldn't be here to spread my genius. Well, yeah, so, so speaking Italian, just eating. But pasta. you know, but you know what would be the the natives would run this entire country if there was no. Oh no, I'd be at home eating spaghetti and real pizza. That'd be the worst. <laughs> I'd, be more, I'd be at home. Fucking uh, picking potatoes, <laughs> right? No, I'm potatoes, dude. I'd be getting olives. No, out of me, olive me, juice. me, oh, Irish, me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's sorry. You'd be I, you'd be surfing the bogs for butter and shit. I probably wouldn't exist, else. which is which is what probably many people listening to this would prefer if <laughs> if I didn't exist. But I'm also a rainbow baby, so. You gay? I, I shouldn't be here at all. Mean? No, a rainbow. You know what a rainbow baby is? A baby rainbow baby highs? is a rainbow baby is a baby that is born following a miscarriage. You never. My mom had a, my mom had a miscarriage. If she had not had that. the mis if she had not had the miscarriage, I would not have been conceived. Oh, then I'm 100 percent a rainbow baby too. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that was a term. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's what a rainbow baby is. No, yeah, no, like yeah. real talk, getting real sentimental here. My mom had a miscarriage, like, like it was the miscarriage, and then I was conceived. And that's my mom me. had my mom had like four miscarriages before me, to where when I was uh, conceived and coming along, she kind of threw in the towel, and thought, "Well, I'm." All my other babies are miscarriages, so she lived her life like I wasn't going to be the makeup. And so there are lots of people going, wow, I really wish it had been another miscarriage. Yeah. <laughs> For both of us. <laughs> we shouldn't be here. We're I didn't just... know that was a term. I'm a rainbow baby. You are a rainbow baby. I'm a you're rainbow a, baby. You're a multiple rainbow baby. You're like a triple, quadruple rainbow baby. I'm just shitting rainbows, Dan, over here. I don't even know what to say to either of you. You guys just shitted on each other, and like I can't come in. Like, were, were, were you planned? <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> I'm a, no, but but understand, understand, Dan, Dan, you're a first mm -hmm. child. You're the yep. oldest. Um, yeah. Corey is the oldest. I'm a middle child. Dan, yeah, Bell is a middle child. Were you planned, Dan? I was planned. I was not. But <laughs> were you told but, you were planned? But but had my mother carried her first pregnancy to term, I would not exist. That's true. Mm. I was I was the second. I was I was the backup. I was the backup. You're the backup plan. plan. <laughs> I was the I was the yeah. This ain't gonna happen. Plan. <laughs> oh man, look we at just you now. Got, we just got really weird. Should we end the show on that note? Yeah, it's a great effect. Rainbow babies unite. That's what this podcast should have been. Right. Get out of here, Bell. I'm taking you off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> this is rainbow babies only. <laughs> uh conservative anyway. podcast yeah, is found totally on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pub. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. And I swear to fucking God, if the real Second Amendment Kyle is the real Kyle Rittenhouse, it looks like he's been sticking around for the whole show. 
hit us no, up left. because we would love to have you on the show. I don't he know. There's left. someone on there's someone on YouTube watching. He left because he got mad. Uh I don't think he got mad. Okay. Uh you didn't read the comments. Anyway, uh also Flintwater. Yeah, he wanted us to play a video Flintwater later. Flint, oh, 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 you're reading. Yep, sorry. Go ahead. Flintwater still poisonous. East Palestine, Ohio, still fucked up. And Kalamazoo, Michigan, right now, there is a serious bullshit going on with poison from a plant. And I forget the name of the plant, but hogweed. And hogweed. um hogweed. Oh, it's an invasive plant that when you touch it, it makes your skin blister. It's incredibly bad. But you never heard of hogweed? Talk- I have. We talk about Flint a lot, and there was a, a viewer. <laughs> Bell is just really some, serious about hogweed. <laughs> no, 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 no. There was no. This is not hogweed. It was a viewer a couple uh, months back who shared an article with us about three thousand communities in the United States with dirtier water than Flint. Uh, and, so, and I'm not surprised by that. Let's talk about Jackson, Mississippi. Obviously, is one of them. But oh, go ahead, yeah. Bell. Well, I was just going to say, let's not forget about them too. So every time we think about Flint, let's think about all of the like these crazy amount of communities that don't have clean drinking water in a first world country in a but, fir- in the United States. But we want to bitch about Bud Light. And we want to and we want to bitch about, you know, I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but something the left likes to bitch. About. Anything, anything <laughs> but that uh, with the left and the liberals. Uh, when I say that. when I say the left, what I mean is like the CNN, MSNBC, so the liberals. Yeah, whatever. Well, it's important. These, these to words, the dude, two. dude. These words just don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> they don't. They're all. It's just you use them as you as, you use them as you please. You know this. All right, we're just dragging this on. Now. That's why I'm, I hate my life. <laughs> it might be my last episode because I'm so upset about. Are, you, are we putting you at suicide watch, Dan? That's he's going bad. solo. He's going to start doing his own solo shows like Bam Margera. No, I'm just going to beat off. <laughs> beat off on camera. I'm just going to get an OnlyFans oh. with my tiny dick. Like people like tiny dick porn, right? There's a there's got to be a market for that. Well, if you're Corey, like Dan you and like- you're uh, in a crisis for a suicide, the number is 988. <laughs> no, if you're if you're in a crisis for just like I give up on life, and I'm just going to beat off on camera. <laughs> The number is 988. The number is 1-800-273-8255. It's <laughs> a suicide number. I don't know. It just, if I can help someone. I don't want to pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> and don't let Bell see you in a... In a can you, like, I, like the work, like, I like work, but I don't like work that much. Suicide yeah, is not let funny. Bell come find you in a comparable <laughs> position with me, like sexual asphyxiation from my basement ceiling while I'm like holding my dick. Hey, that's as long how as I want to like, go, as long as you're like really high towards the ceiling, that's good for me. It, well, for me. kind of. It, but see, but for Bell, really high to the ceiling is like three feet off the ground. So don't do it. Is basically what Corey's saying. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. It's, I'm not sure what Dan's doing. Don't do that either. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> All right.
Tell the people where they can find us, Corey. Again. I already did. I think you did, but do it again. Do it again. Fucking do it again. Please. The Observative Podcast is found on all social media podcast platforms. Our website is observativeshow.com, and we can be found on Observative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Observative Pod. Our TikTok videos can be found on Observative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at observativepod at gmail.com. To quote our boy, subscribe today. To quote our boy Jimmy Dory, put your thumb in the eye of the bastards. The most premium program, the most affordable premium cro- program in the business. It's <laughs> fucking free at this point. We're trying to change that. Uh, and a, by, by the way, another shout out to Colbert, Oklahoma. Also, uh, Flint, no water. Jackson, no good water. And uh, maybe no good water anywhere. I'm fucking hammered. Bright Eyes loves it. Me too, Me buddy. Too. Appreciate appreciate you, Bright Nice. I'm gonna throw. You I love Bright Nice. I appreciate. I appreciate Bright Nice. No good water. Just fucking the water's no bad. Water Don't drink anywhere. it. What do now? <laughs> Fight. No Fight. good water. What do now? We are showing our white privilege as we uh, as we, as we drink this. water. What I don't know. <laughs> drink whiskey while they're drinking drink shitty water. Tap water. water. <laughs> fucking nerd. Bottled water. By the way, hold on. Before we end this podcast, can we just talk about how can we just talk about the fact that Bell looks like he's doing the podcast from John Wayne Gacy's spare bedroom? It's supposed <laughs> to be like that. Look. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like, he's like, I got a vibe going over here. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going for. As Bell is as as Dan is literally broadcasting from Biden's basement. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I'm Biden's telling basement, you where I'm broadcasting from. Biden's basement probably looks nice. Yeah, way better than this. <laughs> he's got like probably updated shit, you know? Like yeah, he's got like a not... 2023 Nashville Predators jersey in there. You know what's interesting is like I have the same panel in this basement, but I painted it. <laughs> Dan, what year was your house built? Uh the fifties. Yeah, you know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) For Bell the Body Snatcher, he's been Corey Walsh. He's been Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative, and until next time, we are out of here. We the people cannot end that.